This audio production is brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com, David Wolf's premium longevity member site. The content found on TheBestDayEver.com from David Wolf and New Horizon Health, Inc. is for informational purposes only and is in no way intended as medical advice, as a substitute for medical counseling, or as treatment cure for any disease or health condition, and nor should it be construed as such because that would be illegal. Always work with a qualified health professional before making any changes to your diet, supplement use, prescription drug use, lifestyle, or exercise activities. Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. Welcome, everyone. This is your host, Lucian Gothier, and I'm here with Dr. David VRL. And Dr. David is quite an extraordinary individual. He is a student of Dr. Hal Huggins, who passed away recently, but has taken our stage and is sort of considered the grandfather of alternative or holistic dentistry. And Dr. David, you've spent a lot of time pursuing your career in holistic dentistry. You've got your own practice. Also, he is the founder of some great natural dental products. You've got the toothpaste. You've got the mouth rinse line that's the Estrella line. You're really a great voice as well as a practitioner, and you're going to be taking the stage at our upcoming Women's Wellness Conference, so we're really excited to have you there. It's going to be Friday, October 9th to Sunday, October 11th. For anyone interested, we've got our early bird tickets going on sale. And Dr. David, we're here today just to let people kind of get an introduction to who you are, and I know a lot of people, including myself, would like to hear your story about how you got started. I am assuming that you studied traditional dentistry and then moved over to to holistic dentistry, is that correct? Yes. Basically what happened, um, I went to a very great dental school, but very traditional, um, USC, and um, I graduated in 1984. So for about seven years, um, I did traditional dentistry, and um, I woke up one day and, and, and asked myself, what did I do to myself? Here I studied all these years, and all I'm going to do is drill and fill. <laughs> so, you know, the universe God is great. That then started um, my new thought process of how to do dentistry um, by a patient coming into my office, and I looked in her mouth, and I was already doing white fillings just because I liked them better. They looked better. The materials were horrible back then, but I still was, you know, along going along that path. And when I looked in her mouth, I said, wow, you don't have any mercury fillings. And she said, no, I went to Dr. Hal Huggins. And I said, who? And she goes, I'll be back tomorrow. So she brought me his book, It's All in Your Head. Um, I started to read it. I couldn't put it down. The next thing I knew, I was uh, flying to Colorado Springs, where he still had a, a dental clinic there. He wasn't working anymore, but he had some dentists working with him. And so I took the introductory course. I flew back home. I then the following month took the advanced course and never looked back. It made so much sense what he was doing. And just the video footage um, that I would see on patients telling him how much better their health had improved by just removing heavy metals from, from the mouth. So since 1992, I've been basically following Dr. Um, Hal Huggins' uh, protocols. I've been going to a lot of um, holistic dental meetings, and um, that's basically it. And so you must see a lot of people that have, you know, experienced maybe conventional dentistry and, you know, I'm sure you've sh sh shaken your head many a time looking at someone's mouth thinking, you know, what did they do to them or just seeing the flaws in that system. What are the type of things that you see people coming in with that cause them to go from, you know, conventional dentistry to something like a holistic dentist? because of the negative outcome they experienced. What is the most frustrating thing for me is how patients, once they get to me, um, are 
being reactive instead of proactive. What I mean by that is they already have an autoimmune challenge. Um, they have health issues and they have spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars trying to improve their health. And what ends up happening is, you know, either them or someone else will say, well, what's in your mouth? And then they start to, it starts to make sense. The problem is in Western medicine, we've decapitated the patient. We separated the dentist from the physician, basically meaning that whatever the dentist does, it's, you know, it's for cosmetics, it's for make, to make the teeth last longer, so on and so forth. But if you look at Chinese medicine, you know, they understand that the head's connected to the body. So whatever is going on in the mouth will affect the other other parts of the body. So what happens is when we do clean up someone's mouth, we do see an improvement of their health. It's not, but it's just, again, it's just a piece of the puzzle. You know, that you also have to bring in diet. You also have to bring in um, some type of like meditation or, or you know, something to, to help them de-stress, uh, so on and so forth. And that is my my goal or what, what I feel my, my duty as a holistic dentist is to educate the patient, to show them, you know, the pros and cons and why I do what I do. And then it's up to them to intuitive, intuitively go inside themselves and ask themselves, do I really want to do this? Because it's a whole paradigm shift. You know, we, we, you know, we need to do a blood test to see what materials they're compatible with. You know, there's very strict protocols in the removal process. That's why um, it would frustrate Dr. Huggins when he would teach all these dentists and the dentist would kind of do it his way. But what I, you know, what he found out was, you know, there was pretty much only a handful of us that were following his protocol to the T. And when we do that, it, may, it helps the patient improve their health so much more. Now, is this an economic decision when a dentist sits down and they say, you know, I'd like to be more of a physician, I'd like to educate my patient more, but realistically, the economics of it, you know, maybe in procuring the instruments and the materials, it's just the system is set up to go a certain direction. Do, do you find that economics plays a huge role in their decision? Holistic dentistry really, in some ways, is less expensive. It, you, you don't make as much money because, you know, we really don't believe in implants. We don't believe in root canals. Those two things in itself is billions and billions of dollars. So we were taught in dental school to save a tooth at all cost. And what ends up happening is people don't realize that, you know, like Nadine has mentioned, you know, your, your tooth is a live organ. You know, you got nerve and blood supply and, and fluids going in and out of it all day long. But people don't realize it like it's, you know, it could be, you know, like your gallbladder, you know, or your pancreas or any of that. It's Each tooth is an organ. And so when you do a root canal, you're actually removing the nerve. So all it is is a shell of a tooth. It's a dead, it's a dead organ. And that being said, the whole root canal issue, you know, you can go on uh, Dr. Mercola's uh, website and there's so much information on, on the pros and cons. Now, a lot of people don't want to lose their teeth. So, you know, they'll, they'll go and get the root canal done and, you know, later find out, you know, wow, I'm starting to have health issues. Then they have to decide, well, am I going, you know, am I going to remove it? The problem with being a holistic dentist and most dentists don't go that route I feel it's just because they don't want to make, they don't want to do that. They don't want to make that paradigm shift. You know, there's, there's more money to be made with implants and root canals. And so for people who are like kind of looking for an alternative, you know, you're out in California, let's say we've got someone out in Maine or Vermont or, you know, somewhere else. What are some of the things that you're looking for when you're, you're looking for a dentist? And one of the things that, you know, you mentioned Nadine Artemis, one of the things that she mentioned was that, you know, you really have to have an intimate 
you know, relationship with your dentist, they're working in your mouth, you really need to suss them out quite carefully and choose very carefully. What are some of the things that you would look for if you were a patient and you were looking to find the right dentist? What are some of the telltale signs that you know that, all right, this is the person that's going to do, you know, do it the right way, the correct way, the holistic way? That's a great point that Nadine does make because I always uh, explain to my patients, I go, this becomes an energy exchange between you and I. And you personally have to feel within yourself uh, that I will give you the best dentistry. I'm, you know, and because I go, if there's not a good energy exchange between the, the patient and the doctor, then it's not going to work. So what I always tell my patients is if somebody wants to find someone that's really holistic and will do it, let's say uh, Dr. Huggins's protocol, they need to educate themselves. And it's not, and you can educate yourself easily um, on the internet. There's a lot of information on pros and cons of certain dentists. And so, you know, there's Dr. Hal Huggins's um, call line where he will, you know, even though he's passed away, his employees there uh, will refer you to his elite dentist. And then there's the other dentist because it depends where they're at, right? Some of my patients are willing to fly and have me do all their dentistry under conscious sedation. And then they, they, you know, they fly back home and, and so on and so forth. But there are you know, there are a handful of us in the in the nation that um, pretty much follow his protocols to the T. And, you know, where I'm from, Boston, if, if you were to say, you know, this is about an energy exchange between the two of us, I think most people would fall out of their chair because most people's experience of a dentist is literally being told what to do and a, even a little bit bullied. And I've been in that chair. And the last time I went to a conventional dentist just to get my bite adjusted, I was bullied. You know, I was really, really pressed and pushed to get some serious, expensive work done, and, and I simply declined, and I, I literally felt the agitation of the dentist as he was working on my bite, and it was very uncomfortable. Right, and, you know, that happens more than not, and I just, it really upsets me. There was this article in Reader Digest, oh my gosh, in my old practice, which has been over 10 years, and I actually had a couple of, of, of them on the coffee table in my office because I wanted patients to ask me. There was this one person who went to different dentists nationwide and received, you know, a dozen different treatment plans, you know, from <laughs> let's say 5,000 to 50,000. Okay. And it, it was amazing. And so, you know, I wanted the patients to ask me, okay, what about this article? Why, you know, why, why does this happen? It's because some dentists are, I, you know, it depends on the school they went to. It depends on the, on the courses they went to. I, you know, I always tell my patients, I go, no one wants to sit in the dental chair. I don't want to sit in the dental chair. And if there isn't a, a good, you know, good communication between, between us two, then things aren't going to work. You know, it's just like anything else in life, right? When you're bullied into something, things don't work out the way they should. I always tell patients, please, please feel comfortable and please always ask me questions because you, it, it is your mouth, but it, it's also your health and it's your body. And we're really excited to have you at the upcoming Women's Wellness Conference. You're such a great communicator. You're such uh, you're such a great soul. And, and having you in, in, in this uh, setting, I think, is going to be really spectacular for our audience. So let's talk a little bit about what you're going to focus on, what people can expect to hear. Hopefully, you know, they're going to get a lot out of this. And, and, and I'm hoping for a lot of people it will really shift, you know, who they're doing their dentistry work with. You know, if it's not you, somebody else, you know, obviously just, just a paradigm shift for the, for the dentist, but also for the patient. And so that's going to be really interesting. 
Thank you. And I, I really am, am honored that you guys are having me speak. Um, it's going to be a great uh, opportunity for me to teach everyone uh, about holistic dentistry. My main goal in, in the lecture that I'm going to give will be teaching everyone um, basic 101 dentistry where, you know, the materials, uh, what's in, what could be in their mouth, and then to have them ask their dentist, well, I have this in my mouth. What can you do about it? Because most, like, for example, most people, they, you know, they go, I have porcelain crowns. I don't have any mercury in my mouth. Well, most porcelain crowns have metal underneath them. And most of the time that metal is nickel-based. Nickel is a carcinogen. Okay. So there's that factor. There's, the, you know, the factors of different types of composites. You know, since it is um, the Women's Wellness Conference, I'm going to specifically target why is it important for women? You know, because women, it affects women much differently than it affects affects men. Not just the materials, but also, you know, your jaw joints, um, what it does to, you know, the mother's milk when she's breastfeeding. All these things come into play. One of the first studies that really convinced me to um, change from um, allopathic to holistic was a study done in Sweden where they... Um, they, stu- they uh, tested the amount of mercury in aborted and uh, miscarried fetuses, okay? And so what they found was a direct correlation uh, of how, how much mercury was in, the, in these fetuses was equivalent to the mercury fillings in the mother. So it was passing through. So that's where Sweden was the first country to ban uh, silver fillings from their country because they understood that that mercury vapor was going into, into the babies. I mean, one of the biggest questions is everyone keeps talking about, um, you know, autism, you know, where there's such a big increase. Well, when the fetus is developing, you're already dumping mercury from the mother's amalgams. Well, then these babies are coming out and they're injecting all these um, vaccinations, correct? And there's thimerosal, which is mercury. So you're, you're just inundating these, these poor babies. Their, their immune system's not even developed. You know, no wonder we have a big increase in, in autism, but nobody looks at that. Nobody looks at it started the day the inception occurred. Wow, that, that's, I mean, that's pretty unbelievable. And, you know, f- for, for people listening, I would like them to get a couple of tips. And, you know, because I have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, we were just talking before the interview recording, and you had mentioned something, you know, like, don't let them do this to your daughter. And, and I actually was thinking, you know, it would be great to give people, people listening to this recording a little bit of advice, like, don't let them do this to you. If you're sitting in that chair, what are some, like, the top two or three things, maybe revisiting what you said about my daughter, but then also for someone who's older, um, you know, in their adult years, what are kind of some of the things that you view as pretty dangerous or very unskillful? Well, uh, one of the things is definitely fluoride. The sad thing is that a lot of pedodontic uh, practices, you know, children's dental practices, they kind of bully the parents into having the kids do fluoride treatments. Uh, fluoride is horrible, not only for the patient, not only for the child, but also as an adult. What people don't understand is the um, pineal gland absorbs so much fluoride from, you know, not just our water, but from toothpaste and from these fluoride treatments. And our pineal gland is our third eye. It's our intuitiveness. So we're basically shutting it down. And we're shutting it down from, the, from you know, these little kids to adults. Um, so that's number one. Number two, when um, little kids, you know, when they're five or six, their first molars come out and then their second molars. And, and these offices want to do sealants. There's studies to show that the sealants, which basically covers the top of the teeth so they won't get cavities, affects the estrogen level. 
in these kids. So that's a, that's a big no-no. I would rather have the, the child not have sealants. And if they, you know what, if they have a really decent diet, they're not going to get decay. It, right. it just, it, it's because of our American diet that all these kids just, you know, start getting rapid decay. So those are, you know, those are the first two things that I would really uh, be wary of. Be wary also of, you know, the the type of toothpaste and mouth rinse you use. Drink a lot of alkaline water. You want to hydrate. Hydration is huge, especially as we age. Um, the amount of, of saliva decreases. So, and because a lot of patient people are on um, all these different types of medication, they start to get dry mouth. Then they start to get a lot of decay. So it's not just being a you know just not just not just when you're a, when you're a kid and a teenager that you're going to get decay. You actually get more decay as you age. So the whole process of the whole thought process has to change where I need to, you know, drink better water. I need to hydrate better. I need to um, not drink cold fluids when I'm eating because that slows down the digestive system, which then causes, you know, regurgitation and acid reflux. And, and you know, then that, that affects, affects the mouth. Wow, that's fantastic. It's, it's funny. David Wolf told me that piece of advice years ago. And so which in one? every... Uh, the don't drink cold uh, fluids. I, I I sometimes don't even drink any fluids while I'm actually eating or just before. And yeah, I uh, and I go to a restaurant and they're like, really? Nothing? No water? Nothing? And, <laughs> or you know, we go out with family like, really? Nothing? Nothing? I'm like, nope, nothing, nothing. And then afterwards, you know, I'll wait a little bit and then you know, I'll really hydrate. But you've got some amazing, amazing piece of advice. All of us here uh, at the Women's Wellness Conference kind of team, we're really looking forward to hear your presentation in particular because you know this is one of those niches of uh, the health arena that there's very few people doing what you're doing and certainly being as vocal as you're being. And uh, and so we're really excited to have you here. And for people listening, we've got the Women's Wellness Conference coming up Friday, October 9th, Sunday, October 11th. David Wolf will be hosting and we've got a, a great, great lineup. Vana Hari, the food babe who joined us at the Longevity Now Conference will be there. Robin O'Brien, they call her the foods. Erin Brockovich uh, by the New York Times will be joining us. Dr. Sarah Godfried, who, who's been with us for many different events, the Longevity Now Conference and the Women's Wellness Conference will be taking the stage. We mentioned Nadine Artemis. She's going to be doing her presentation and also Nancy Sachs. So this is a really, really powerhouse lineup. It is going to be the best event ever that we've had. So it's not just for women, it's for men also. It's going to be really interesting how holistic dentistry kind of shapes itself maybe over the next 10 years. Let's talk about that just to wrap up this interview. Where do you see it heading, let's say the next 10, 20 years? Do you, do you see in your, um, you know, your, your kind of compatriots and the people that you came up with maybe who are doing conventional dentistry, do you see them moving more towards holistic dentistry? You know, it, it's really interesting because because I've been doing dentistry for 30 years, and so some of my colleagues uh, and dear friends, they'll call me up and they go, David, what do you think of this material? David, you know, this patient talked, asked me about this. And yeah, it's the way I'm going to see it, the way we're seeing it change, it's, it's the layperson. It's the patient that is educating themselves and are questioning the allopathic dentist, you know, and a lot of them will poo-poo it, but a lot of them will start to ask, well, where did you see this? You know, tell me more about it. So it's because of the internet. It's because everyone wants, everyone is trying to be uh, healthy. They're educating, they're starting to educate the, the dentist. And the dentists really don't want to lose their patients because of this. So they're willing to work with them. And um, if they're not, you can always tell the patient, well, then it's, it's your choice. You can stay with them or, or go somewhere else. But it's your, it's your health. It's your mouth and it's your health. This program was brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com. Thanks for listening.